Hope FM, Faith-Filled Radio. Well, my first guest this morning in Community Now is, is Andy Saunders. There's only there's two words that will sum Andy up, uh, probably above all others, and that would be children and families. Uh, am I doing you justice there, Andy? No, I think that's a, that's, that's a good starting point, yeah. been involved in children's ministry since I was about 14, yeah. So, uh, so what was it that what was it that got you involved? Did you do like many of us do when we're we're young volunteer for different work in church and whatever? Yep, I think that's that's a good sum up. So when I was about uh, fourteen, um, the church I was at in, grew up in East London, around Hinds Park, Chingford Way. There was a Methodist church there at the top of the road, and I myself and my brothers used to go there. And when I got to fourteen, they said, "Would you like to get involved in working with the children's work?" So um, I, I cut my teeth in being a Sunday school teacher of a small group of children aged between five and seven. And then from that, Blair, over the years, I got more involved in the church life. And then in Waltham Forest, we had Youth for Christ, Waltham Forest Youth for Christ. Yeah. And that very much got me involved as a volunteer in helping in youth ministry as well. And through the church, yeah, the Sunday school, one in a midweek club for, for children, um, and becoming, as I got older, more of an advocate for children's and, and, and family ministry in the church. Now, before you did that voluntary work, did you go along to sort of like uh, the kindergarten and the kids' meetings and so on yourself? So as a child, you know, like myself, I, I have fond memories of, uh, I think they call mm. them magic lanterns, you know, where they tell these Bible wow. stories, and also the flannel graph, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, did, did, good old. Did you have a touch of that? No, no, no that, that was not part of my experience until I became a student at Morelands back in the mid-80s. And David Eiliff from Children Worldwide came and visited us uh, one year and he used flannel graph, which was the bee's knees in those days, you know. Mm. Um, so no, for me it was literally growing up uh, in a Sunday school, uh, but the key thing was as I got to those, that important age of 14 or so, the youth work and the youth leaders in the church uh, had created a really strong youth work. And through that, we then got involved in other areas of work in the church. And for me, that's particularly the children's side to start with. Mm-hmm. And what about then your faith journey? Did, did, did that begin when you were very young as well? It, it did. Um, I, <clears throat> I would say um, it started at three days old. Um, um, I, I was born, uh, for some people they may remember this, in the winter of 62, as it was called, Blair, when London had like, you know, four, four five, six feet of snow. Yeah. And it lasted weeks and weeks and weeks. And um, I was born and I then became seriously ill. And um, I was taken into Great Ormond Street Hospital. And um, my mum died recently. And in clearing out her house, we found my baptism certificate from three days old because I was baptised because I didn't think I was going to live. And then I was taken to Great Ormond Street. And my mum and dad said they sat in the chapel in Great Ormond Street Hospital because uh, I was in there for my first Christmas, um, seeing if I was going to live, which I obviously did. But they did say I may never be able to talk. So there we are. <laughs> well, they got that one, they got that one wrong, didn't they? Got, they? <laughs> fortunately, they got that one wrong, not the other. So I've, I've, just, I've just had, like we all do at times, Blair, I've just had that real sense of, well, hold on a minute, you know, a three-days-old life wasn't looking pretty pretty easy, but here I am, X years later, you know, what is it God is calling me to do? And the Sunday school is a key part of that, nurturing of my faith, and then the youth work, and, and through that, 
um, going to other Christian events and getting engaged that way. Of course, over the years, you know, as as time has marched on, I mean, obviously, whenever I I was uh, Sunday school, there were five hundred uh, children, you know, in my Sunday school, and whatever uh, was was church going and 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 the various activities related with church was that really popular when you when you were younger? Just I think um, so. If I, I was born in sixty two, so you can use your fingers and that and work out my age, and. As I was going through primary school, there was still that sense of people going to church, you know, children going to church, going to being part of Sunday school. But that's, I, was, I think, part of that generation where it started to cease. And I got to secondary school, uh, and I went to a, a secondary school in Walthamstow, and I still remember Mr. Meekin, our PE teacher, who also taught history, asked us to put up our hands if we went to church. And there was me, I knew there was me and two other guys in that class. And we, we kind of felt our hands being pulled up on a rope, you know, as <laughs> we put them up in the air. <laughs> yeah. um, but that sense of people saying, I go to church on a Sunday and I go to Sunday school, part of youth group, whatever. I think that was a point when that started to change in, in people's mindsets. But over the coming years, obviously, it progressed to more midweek stuff that people went to. Hope FM, Faith-Filled Radio. Of course, my very special guest today is Andy Saunders, and you heard him say there about her uh, at the age of fourteen, very much got involved with uh, with with the church work, and that put something within you, Andy, uh, in terms of working with children and families. At what point did it did it become real, or did you know that somehow that you wanted in your future career and what you did, your life to be involved with with children and families? Yep. Well, um, when I was you know, I, I did <clears throat> what you did then was through O levels, and I then went to work in the city for what was Midland Bank International, and I worked there for five years or so. But it became clear over that time, Blair, um, that I was doing more in the church in the way of children's and family work and youth. I was getting more heavily involved with Wolfram Forest Youth for Christ in helping them run events, and there was just I want to say natural, um, but, but that progression, you know, of real sense that maybe one day I will be involved in this work more. So, in the year that Lewis Palau, Mission to London, came to QPR in London, um, I got accepted onto a year-out scheme uh, with You for Christ called Internship. Um, and uh, in the uh, January of 1985, I went off to train with them uh, for what I thought was going to be a year. I'd already, uh, for the last four years or so, been involved in a Scripture Union beach mission up in East Runton in Norfolk, and that really much had kind of focused my mind on children's family ministry. And then I did the stuff with Youth for Christ as well. Um, and uh, my church recognised that, which was great, and supported me, and my parents were very supportive of me, uh, in a sense, uh, these are my East London words, jacking it all in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and going off, you know, um, and doing, doing something different and edgy and a bit wondering about where's it all going to lead to. Uh, and then I, I started my year with Youth for Christ, and as part of that year, um, they felt I needed some more theological training. So they sent me down to Moreland's for an interview, and uh, this was my calling to Bible College, Blair. In, in my interview, I didn't realize it was the Old Testament lecturer asking me this question. He said to me, what is your view of the Old Testament? <laughs> to which I said at the age of 22, not a lot, because it doesn't mention Jesus. Oh, dear. <laughs> I know. So the, my letter offered 
me an opportunity to come for a term, changed into a letter that said, we feel we should come and do the two-year diploma. (laughs) (laughs) I went, I'm not doing that. Um, But a trust in America said to you, for Christ, well, we'll pay Andy's fees for at least two years. So that was my calling, Blair. Mm, So I did two years at Moreland's, and then um, over that time carried on with the Beach Mission, etc., with SU, started leading big events at Spring Harvest for Scripps Union with eight, nine hundred children, and then I did a third year at Moreland's, then I specialised, uh, and, um, and then from that I then went on uh, to work there for a couple of years, actually, mm. up to 1990 before I joined Scripture Union. As you look back, you know, on, on your theological training and so on, I mean, it must have been a bit daunting for you, pretty much to go back to school, wasn't it? Uh, and, then, and then obviously you, you were young, you were 22, but as you look back on, yeah. on, on that preparation, have you been able to dip in to to the, to what you learned during those oh yes. those challenging yeah. I days. I mean, I was now a good what's it when I went to Bible college. I thought I knew everything, um, but I think you know, I left school at sixteen. It turned out I was disle- I had dyslexic tendencies as well. So learning was always a challenge. So as I say, exams bring out the worst in me. So getting into study again was was a challenge. Um, but um, I then, you know, stayed on, as I said, and did a third year. I specialised in youth work and evangelism. Um, and then many years later, um, I was seconded back to Moreland's, and as part of that, I turned my diplomas into a degree. Um, and, except, you know, did some other study outside of that on other courses. So it was daunting at first, but it was also an opportunity to take time out to consider what I felt God was calling me to in ministry, also get a perspective on the bigger picture, the whole narrative of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, um, uh, but also a chance to work out who Andy Saunders was as well. Mm. And actually, you, I mean, most of us, like when we're 22, I mean, what do we know? What do we know of life? Well, certainly whenever I was 22, I, I had no clue, you know, really what, what I wanted to do. Well, actually, I did, but it was it was just about knowing what I wanted to do, which was, in my case, was youth work, you know. But, but oftentimes, you need those years of challenge and of training and of life experience to really find your niche, don't you? I, I think so, yes. I mean, um, we never stop learning. It's what the government talk about, lifelong learning. But also, I think from a Christian perspective, we do not stop learning from one another and experiences that God gives us. You know, um, as a family, we've had a few of those in the last few months, you know, and um, your testimony is as good as your previous day's walk with Jesus. And, uh, you know, I think there's that necessity for us to take the highs and lows of life and say, okay, God, what is it I'm discovering this, as well as knowing his assurance and walk with us in that. And I think Moreland's was a good opportunity for me then. And then when I went back there and worked there uh, for those couple of years after I finished my diplomas, and then Scripps Union, many years later, Blair, seconded me back there for two years part-time. Um, it's great to then to be able to share that and pass that experience on um, to to the students and one and the others you, you come into contact with. So I look at Emily now, Blair, and Emily, my oldest daughter, is 22 this year. And I think, crikey, when I was her age, I was going off to Moorlands and all those kind of things. <laughs> and uh, you think, yikes. Yeah. And you think, where do the years go? Well, of course, the other big, uh-huh. yep. big, big chunk of your life, of course, was then going to work for the Diocese of, of Winchester, where you, you had quite a big responsibility there, didn't you? Yes. So after my time working at Moreland, I then did 17 years of Scripture Union as a children's family evangelist down in this part of the world. 
which gave me many experiences, which was great, and a lot of opportunities to work with churches. And then I, I joined the Diocese of Winchester as the Children's and Family Advisor, um, and that was very much then going from an interdenominational organisation to working for, you know, one denomination in a sense. And so my responsibility was to support the parishes across the Diocese of Winchester in their ministry to children and families, and also uh, to be an advocate and support the diocese in its thinking and strategic thinking in that area as well. So it was great. I loved it. And that must be great because, I mean, obviously, as in, in a way, as faith wasn't what it used to be in terms of, you know, being the centre of family life and church going and so on. But, of course, the Bible says, you know, bring up a child in the way he should go. And But it, I, I guess that with the changing culture that, that we find ourselves in, that, that making sure that children, young people and their, their parents and so on uh, had a bit of resource to know how to bring their child up in the in the... I think the Bible calls it the love and admonition of the Lord, isn't it? Yes, and, I, and my experience is that parents are not adverse to children hearing about the Christian faith. Um, many years ago, uh, Bishop Grant Cray wrote, wrote, a, wrote, a, uh, wrote a booklet to do with young people and post-modernity. But one of the key things I remember about that Grove booklet was, he said, in ministry and evangelism and reaching out to young people, some doors will open and other doors will close. Uh, and I've always found that really helpful. As some doors are closing, i.e. people aren't going to churches on a Sunday in the way they used to. So we're having to reimagine church. Doors are opening in other ways through things like messy church and midweek clubs and uh, community events and family-focused events where... Uh, families are coming together and they are not adverse at all to seeing a Christian distinctive being in there. I think we've just got to be key in how we build those relationships with people and through that, that then opens doors to them to ask us about our faith. Yes, and indeed, of course, and one of the things, of course, we're seeing during these challenging days of COVID-19 is the fact that although many people may not be uh, going to a particular church building, uh, there are quite a number of people who, if not are holding some form of faith, uh, actually are certainly asking questions uh, about whether there's a God or not. And I guess that that, that provides a, a tremendous window of opportunity not the least of which of course for the children uh, uh, and and those uh, and the families in which they're placed i think that's very true and there are lots of people surfing on a sunday and in the week now who um would never set foot in a church but are listening and watching churches in, in the you know the packages and the services they're putting out um particularly and i wish i could tell you where this research came from particularly between the 18 to 35s, they're finding there's a strong uptake of people of that age group looking at um, services and Christian outputs. And that's, that age group there is what's called the missing generations mm. in church life. Mm. So, again, they're showing they're open to faith. Um, you know, I, I'm, I work two days a week um, now for All Saints Church in Motherford, as well as my self-employed staff under Lighthouse Ministries. And what we're doing in, in, in the lockdown, as it's being called, um, we are producing a messy church every week online that they can download and watch and in, engage with. Well, that's going out to more people than just the messy church people that normally watch it. And churches are finding that. They're finding the uptake, particularly on YouTube, 
is far greater sometimes the number of people that sitting in their churches. Mm. Which is all very positive. Now, the one thing, of course, that, that you are lacking, sadly, and I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but, uh, but clearly you haven't got a musical note uh, in your body. Uh, <laughs> but but, but clearly, uh, clearly God knew this uh, and, uh, and give you a, a, a family, you know, your wife Claire and your daughters. Uh, yes, I, and Claire's just been very helpful because she's just texted me to tell me that research um, recently again came from Tear Fund. <laughs> oh, well, there you are. She's keeping my, it. <laughs> my ever resourceful wife. Yes, so I, um, I was very blessed in marrying. Um, uh, Claire was very musical. She could play the organ in the church or she's very good on, on piano. And then Emily and Anna, you know, Emily is a keyboardist, singer, guitarist. Anna, a key, uh, grade 8 drummer, guitarist keyboard singer as well so um, i do the mime and the drama <laughs> hope fm faith-filled radio well of course my very special guest uh, in this hour of the program is andy saunders he's had a bit of a break there i don't know whether you've had a chance to have a cup of tea or refreshment there while you were waiting and i have i have a glass of water and i've been drinking a strong long cup of coffee since 10 o'clock <laughs> Well, now, obviously, we have talked about your life in, in, in children and families and ministry, and of course, working for a range of other organisations, you're training at Moreland, you work for Scripps Union and for Winchester Diocese, but then there came a point where you had to make a decision about, is the time right to, to do something completely different and in, indeed to establish a ministry? So how, how was Lighthouse Ministries born? Well, um, a few years ago at uh, Spring Harvest, um, I, for, for dec- literally for decades, Blair, I've been either leading the 5 to 7s or the 8 to 11s in a variety of shapes and forms. Um, and um, one of the things I got asked to do at Spring Harvest was to lead the intergenerational program in the evening. And we created this program called Lighthouse uh, with a logo that showed the house with the light of Christ coming out through the windows and through the door, you see, into the community. So uh, last October, uh, my role at, at the diocese came to an end, and uh, I thought, right, you know, as you just said, with this back catalogue of experience, what could we do, and what shall we call it? Well, Lighthouse Ministries came about, and so I'm involved now in setting that up, um, and the aim is, is to be a support to churches and other organisations uh, in their work with children and families, uh, doing consultancy training, and mentoring of, of people involved in that ministry, whether paid or as a, as a volunteer. Um, <clears throat> and at the moment, I've got these two days a week I'm doing, obviously, at this church in Motherford All Saints, in, as their children's and family uh, minister there. Uh, and the lighthouse is slowly developing. Obviously, it all came to a sudden halt recently, uh, when we went into lockdown. Uh, so it's a case of building that up again uh, once um, the church is able to be more active. But still doing some online training and resourcing uh, at the moment with that as well. And, of course, you'd expect me to say this. If you go to lighthouseministries.co.uk, everything you need to know about me is there <laughs> on my well, website. I've been, I've been, actually. And where do you think I got the material for this interview from? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's lots of... Uh, I, you know, I, I once introduced... I, I'm, 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 I'll tell you this as an aside. I once interviewed Jimmy Cricket, you know, the comedian. And uh, yeah. and uh, during the interview, he stopped. He said, Blair, he said, you are remarkably well-informed. And I said, I hadn't got the, the... Well, I didn't have the courage to tell him that the, the sum total of my information was actually reading the uh, the show programme five minutes before I interviewed him, you know. Right. 
now, obviously, uh, you know, people come to you, and obviously, from all, you know, whether it be churches or, or whatever, you mentioned that, that you, you're mm. working with all saints two days a week at the moment. What, what, are That's the, right, yep. what are the sorts of things, I mean, of all the, pe- the things that people ask you about in terms of children and families ministry, what are, what are the dominant sort of strands that, that, that come out, that emerge? Um, I think there's two or three that come to mind. Uh, one is, um, for those families where the, the, the uh, parents are part of a church as well, um, is how can they spiritually support their children? Um, I think in the past, uh, many decades ago, there was that real sense of parents and families saying, we leave it to the church to spiritually do all the teaching of our children. We now talk about how do we nurture and disciple children and families and young people and adults, obviously, but that's very much this idea of how can I help my children hear about the Christian faith and make a decision for themselves. And particularly, uh, all thanks to Motherford, we, we do... Um, you know, Messy Church Online at the moment, but we, we run it at All Saints and in Summerford at High Cross uh, monthly. And there we are seeing a growing number of families coming along because they feel secure in those settings to think about faith. And it's a place where they feel they can share the highs and lows of life pastorally, as well as learn more about Jesus so they can make a decision uh, for themselves. So there's this real issue of how can we help children in their faith and helping them in day-to-day life, and alongside that, helping families. Because, Blair, you know what Sundays are like. We, we, we kind of zoom into church, you know, yeah. uh, and, and we take part in, in participating in the worship and the service, etc. Then we zoom home, potentially. But where do we have those opportunities just to stop and be who we are uh, and get the support that we can spiritually support one another in our family life? And, mm-hmm. and that's what I think the last mm-hmm. few weeks have shown to people. How can we develop that more? And the other thing that that always blesses me is, you know, I mean, we we used to talk in terms of, you know, the children and young people, you know, they're the church of, of tomorrow, you know, but of course we yep. know that they are very much a church uh, of today. It, it is amazing, isn't it, how the the prayers of of children and even the 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 simple knowledge of children can in itself be a great encouragement to the adult world, can't it? Definitely, and I think that's where intergenerational ministry is very important, where all ages, uh, Blair, come together and learn from one another. Um, You know, for for children, once they start school, you know, 40 weeks a year, five days a week, from half past eight to three o'clock, they're in their mission field, you know, where they have the same challenges as we do as adults in sharing faith, as engaging in faith. And, and engaging in life with other people that are still thinking about faith or have no faith at all. Um, and, you know, they, the world view has shrunk a lot more. In, in many ways, that's good. They are aware of a lot more that's going on in the world, and it's causing them to ask questions sooner in life. Um, and I remember when our daughters were growing up, when they were in the early years of primary school, they sincerely believed that one day Claire and I would get divorced. Because for them, naturally, around them all the time, they saw their friends' parents getting divorced. They thought that was part of the DNA of life. So, so how do we give parents and how do we give adults time to share life with one another and help us all learn from one another and talk about the questions we have about Jesus? Because mm-hmm. the answers aren't always easy, and sometimes there isn't one, and it's just about taking that step of mm-hmm. faith day by day. Mm-hmm. 
And I suppose also that because, you know, family life is like the building block, isn't it, of, of society, it's no wonder, actually, it, it's the family unit that, that comes under constant attack. But the good, the good message, and I, I guess it's one that you're shouting from the rooftops, is that we have a God of amazing uh, restoration, mercy and, and, and grace, and loves actually restoring families. And um, and that is through um, us as adults who may not feel God has called us to be involved in children's or family ministry. Our ministry may be to talk to the, the adults in those families, whatever the word family means these days, and get talking to them, while those who do have a ministry to children and young people are getting alongside the children. Um, you know, it's not one or the other. It's how we work together across all ages in church life to have ministries that are supporting all the ages that literally live in our communities and where we live in Throop, you know, we live in a cul-de-sac. We've really got to know the, the neighbours around where we live. They know we're Christians. They know we walk up the road to St Paul's Church and they talk to us about faith at times, you know. Uh, and a few years ago, um, I was diagnosed uh, with cancer and um, the way we reacted to that as a family, we reacted to that as individuals, how my daughters, who were then quite young, when I sat them down and explained what was going on, how we then dealt with that as a family, you know, and talked it through with the girls. And I'm pleased to say eight years down the line, it's, it's still all sorted and it's going to stay that way. But the highs and lows of life, we need to talk to our children about. Um, and through that, you know, know God's being there with us, even if it is like the poem where God is carrying us across the sand because we can only see one set of footprints. But we learn from those experiences, Blair, and we share them in the right settings carefully with different ages. And from that, people think, well, crikey, they've still got faith that this has happened, or, wow, that happened to them, and this is where they believe God was helping them, and Jesus was helping them. And we just need to see how we can just do that more naturally. Well, um, you've just opened a, a door to another program there, you know, uh, hard, hard to deal with serious illness and so on. Uh, but we'll save that. Yeah. We'll save that for another day. Andy, thank you so much for sharing. Now, obviously, if people want to check out your ministry and uh, you know, and have a chat with you even, I guess the best thing is for them to go to the website, is it? Yes, please. Uh, lighthouseministries.co.uk or just Google Andy Saunders Lighthouse Ministries and you'll find me. And then there is a response tab there where you can just send me a message mm. and my mobile number. Well, again, thank you very much. I look forward to having you on again and, and maybe, maybe in days whenever you'll be able to sit in the studio, which, of course, is just down, yeah. the, road, <laughs> just down the road from where you live, Andy. So, uh, yep, that'd be lovely. <laughs> For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.